Welcome to the Dynasty Defined Podcast, a show discussing what's going on with the greatest dynasty in sports, the Oklahoma State Cowboys Wrestling Program. I'm your host, Lee Cothran, and today we got a great guest joining us, uh, Clay Hudson, the president of the Cowboy RTC, uh, coming on to talk about uh, what his vision is for the RTC moving forward, where we are, and uh, how do we continue to improve this thing. Uh, Clay's a, a great advocate for Cowboy Wrestling, somebody who's gone out and really made the club um, much more competitive from a, an organizational standpoint. So uh, really exciting to have him on and to discuss all the exciting things that are coming up with the Cowboy Wrestling Club RTC. So uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. <clears throat> um, really want to make sure that uh, we highlight how successful this past weekend was for the Cowboy Wrestling Club. There were six wrestlers who went to the U20 and U23 tournaments and uh, made the finals of those tournaments. Uh, so you had the challenge tournament uh, and then a best of three series at the end to decide who would be on the world team representing Team USA. Uh, so uh, two Cowboy wrestlers ended up making the uh, world team. Um, so two out of six, uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's a good start. Uh, definitely won the tournament. If there was if there was a team scoring aspect to it, then Oklahoma State would have won the tournaments. Uh, Cornell and North Carolina State were right there as well. Um, so uh, you know, ultimately. Uh, looked really good, you know. I know that uh, the Cowboy Wrestling Club and the RTC and the coaching and the development and all that stuff um, has been getting a lot of hits over the past couple of years with the finishes at NCAA's. But you can really see here how uh, some of these guys are developing well. Dustin Plot won his weight at the U23 tournament again. Last year he won it as well so he's a back-to-back -back national champion but it, this time he beat guys like Carson Karchla who uh, has beaten Dustin in the past I think the last time they matched up Karchla won pretty handily so uh, Dustin reversed those de decisions right uh, he stormed back being down uh, nine to nothing there and uh, ended up uh, winning 19 to 10 so um, really good stuff from Dustin Plott in that tournament. Um, the other finalists were Luke Serber. Uh, Luke Serber had a massive tournament. He picked up a win over uh, Silas Allred, who is a upcoming sophomore, I think, for Nebraska. Uh, he won the Big Ten last year at 197 pounds, uh, which is quite a feat at 197. I mean, he beat Max Dean. Um, you had uh, a lot of people in that tournament who were really, really good. And uh, Serber um, not only beat already, he handled them. So really good match from in tournament from Serber. He made the finals where he uh, lost to, um, oh, I can't remember who it was. But anyway, he, he won't be on the world team, but he had a great tournament regardless, especially with the big one over all red. Um, uh, Connor Doucette was in the tournament. Uh, Kyle Haas uh, was in the U23 tournament. Uh, Cutter Sheets and Dan Manabog were also in the U23 tournament. Um, I'm probably forgetting 
uh, a couple others. In the U20 tournament, uh, also making the finals was uh, Kale Hughes, the the Stillwater product. Um, Really made a big jump. He beat some really solid wrestlers en route to the finals. Uh, He did get beat by Ohio State's Nick Buzakis, pretty, it wasn't close between those two. Um, Buzakis was sitting waiting in the, in the best of three finals. Um, on that note, you know, out of all the guys that were waiting in the U20 tournament, uh, two, one, I think, uh, out of 10. Uh, so, um, kind of shows how tough and grueling that day is the, lead up you know you wrestle in the tournament and then you go into the challenge and um any challenger is up against a really tall task there and, and there was no exception for hughes um but on his way i mean he beat uh, a valencia kid from california uh, who is a, a all-star recruit he beat uh, uh, some really tough opponents to get to the finals so um big weekend for kale hughes troy spratley who is a transfer coming into the OSU program from Minnesota. Um, He spent a year in Collinsville, I think, in high school, and then moved into Plano, Texas. Um, He was a highly rated recruit, I think a top 30 guy. Um, And, you know, he's good. Uh, He's a good wrestler. Um, At Minnesota, I think that there was some frustration over a COVID year situation with Pat McKee. Uh, Minnesota's, of course, going to roll with their All-American there at 125 pounds, and I think Spratly thought that he could win the job, so he um, made the decision to transfer, and he came down to you know OSU, and uh, OSU had a scholarship open up, and, and that's, that's that, so um, really good opportunity for him. Um, but he joined the team in the program, and then he entered this tournament and uh, found his way to the finals. He was able to pick up a big win over... Uh, some hotshot young recruits, Bo Bassett uh, from Pennsylvania, and then Jax Forrest uh, from Pennsylvania as well to get into the um, final. He lost the best of three series to uh, Luke Lilladal, who um, is going to Penn State. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be a high. He's going to be a high school senior next season. Um, so he was sitting there waiting and after winning the U S open and, uh, that's definitely a tough road. Uh, again, only two guys, only two challengers won the tournament. So, um, not a, not a real strong indication on Spratly negatively with the loss to Lilladal, but, uh, some really great indications for him picking up the wins over Forrest and Bassett and a, a couple other guys on his way to the uh, final. So um, really exciting stuff at 125 pounds. I think there's a lot to be excited about with Troy Spratley, which we'll talk about at some point. Um, so we had Spratley, Hughes, uh, Jordan Williams entered the U-20 tournament. Uh, he picked up a big win over Ryder Block, who's a Iowa commit. Um, somebody who uh, we're definitely going to hear about in the future. Um, but then I think he, he dropped a couple of matches that he probably shouldn't have. Uh, um, you know, Jordan, uh, since coming to college, I think I think when the lights are actually on, 
he'll perform. So I'm excited to see him continue to develop. Um, Braden Thompson, of course, made the finals of his uh, weight as well. Um, and then you had, I think he lost to Bennett Berge, who is a going to be a redshirt freshman next season at uh, South Dakota State. And then you had Christian Carroll waiting in the finals. He won the tournament. Uh, nobody scored a point on him. <laughs> I mean, he, he I think he wrestled for all of like um, 90 seconds or something like that. So he dominated his way to the uh, national championship there and will be representing the junior world team when that time comes. So um, we'll do an episode covering all that stuff maybe next week. Uh, I just wanted to kind of touch on what happened there and, and, and kind of highlight the progress that's been made with some of these guys. And there's a lot to be excited about, right? Uh, this incoming recruiting class between the transfers – um, between the transfers, between the uh, freshmen, um, I, I think it's it, it'd be pretty disingenuous to say that this team's not going to be much improved next season. Um, I, I guess I haven't done an episode since a lot of the transfers have come in. Spratly is a guy who, and Spratly, Spratly, correct me on his pronunciation there. Uh, if somebody could, that'd be wonderful. Um, but uh, uh, he is a, a guy who is a high ceiling at 125 pounds, especially since the weight really clears out for next season. Um, Penn State has a guy, Robbie Howard, that's been injured for most of his career. So I think there's some question marks there. Uh, Braden Davis is coming up into um, – the weight as well. Um, he was in this tournament, but uh, didn't really perform well. Um, then there's 125 pounds. I guess Iowa has that kid that wrestled while Spencer Lee was hurt, Drake Ayala. Um, so, you know, that's kind of an interesting one. Yori Volk is at Wyoming. He's probably going to be a contender. Steve O'Poolin, um, probably going to be a contender. So, uh, but but Spratley can definitely hang with these guys, right? So I think that there's a lot to be excited about with him uh, going into next season. Um, then you added uh, Tegan Jameson, uh, who is also, so uh, his freshman year, he was a state, finalist in Oklahoma for Durant High School, which you don't hear about many wrestlers from Southern Oklahoma. So I think uh, <laughs> outside of um, this Jameson kid, I, the last one maybe Brent Parkey, right? So uh, <laughs> shout out to Brent. I know he listens to this thing. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but uh, but there's not many that come from Southern Oklahoma. Uh, he did end up moving, the family moved to Plano, Texas, uh, where he was high school classmates with uh, Spratley. So he also transferred from Minnesota to Oklahoma State. Uh, he's going to fill in either at 141 or 149 pounds, depending on where he can fit. Um, kind of exciting flip here where... Um, you have to think Carter Young's going to redshirt because you've got Sammy Alvarez in the room. Uh, 
then you've got uh, Jordan Williams sitting somewhere, either 141, 149. He wrestled at 73 kilos this last weekend, which is 143 pounds, right? So um, I think there's a good chance that we could see him at either of those weights. Um, then you've got this Jameson kid. You've got Cutter Sheets is uh, possible somebody that could be a surprise. So uh, you definitely got options at these weights, which is uh, fairly exciting uh, because the best guys, they're, they're going to make each other better, right? Um, then you got 157 pounds where there's a gap. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if we're going to have anybody um, at that weight that is going to be a uh, All-American contender. Uh, hopefully we can get a qualifier if somebody can kind of come out from uh, the woodwork there. We'll see. There's still a lot of time left between now and November, and that goes for all these weights. Who knows what's going to happen, right? Um, 165 pounds. Uh, you brought in Isaac Lejnik, who is a All-American from Northern Illinois. Uh, originally from California, went to Northern Illinois, uh, was a really solid performer there throughout his career. Eight, finished eighth place last season at a really, really deep weight, 165 pounds. So a um, lot to be excited about with him coming into the room. Um, glowing reviews from his Northern Illinois coaches and the people there around DeKalb that uh, um, speak very highly of him as a person. And then some people back in California who do the same, right? So uh, really excited to have him in the room. 174 pounds, Dustin Plott. Is Travis Whitlake going to be back, or is there going to be some weight shuffling there? Who knows? Uh, you've also got uh, Braden Thompson, who's probably uh, closer to a 74-pounder than an 84-pounder, so um, you're going to have good options there. 184 pounds, same thing uh, between those three guys. A.J. Hegg, a true freshman that's coming in. Uh, Jersey Rob, a true freshman that's coming in. Those guys are probably going to slot around that weight as well. 197, Luke Serber. 285, Connor Doucette. Or uh, Christian Carroll, depending on how they want to manage that situation. Um, I'm big on redshirting these guys. I think redshirts are very beneficial, but I'm also, look, you've got to go out and try to finish uh, top five because... Uh, You've got a disgruntled fan base, and you've got people that are expecting better results out of uh, these recruiting classes and the talent that you're able to bring on board. So um, I, I don't think you can look at that roster and earnestly say that you expect them to finish outside the top 10 again, right? Now, injuries happen. Um, you know, who knows, right? That's kind of what happened at NCAAs last year. They finished well in the bit like they've ended the season strong right in dual season they've they finished strong against northern iowa and missouri and oh you you know and they finished well at the tournament but um things fell apart in the civilities it just it happens g got hurt whitcraft got hurt um carter got hurt like whitlake got hurt so there's just a Everything that could go wrong did, and uh, we can sit here and make excuses all day, I guess, but that doesn't really do anybody any good. It's And it's also in the past. It happened, right? Looking forward, um, I think there's a lot to be excited about. So with that, 
and, and with that, I think it's because of people like Clay who really, truly cares about cowboy wrestling. And he's a doer, right? Uh, he, he saw a need. He was plugged in through uh, a couple of guys uh, who were on the coaching staff um, that he knew growing up, so on and so forth, because he's a fairly young guy. I think you said he graduated from OSU in 07. Um, so he uh, saw that there was a gap, saw that there was a need, and he reached out and he asked, can I do this? And he's doing it, right? Um, he's a doer, which is what we need uh, for the program. Um, and uh, I think he's doing some really exciting things. I think that uh, the RTC is on a really exciting trajectory with, he'll mention it here, uh, but adding back Eric Guerrero, who, uh, extremely technical coach, really well-respected, um, they brought back Dean Heil. They brought back Dakota Gear. Right, they're working on adding some other guys. Gary Traub is somebody who uh, wrestled a lot with Kyle Snyder. He was Kyle Snyder's backup at Ohio State for a couple of years, and then transferred to Oregon State, where he had some success. Um, and now he's at OSU. Right, so uh, he's in the RTC. Uh, they've got national team members from Mexico. They've got national team members from France. Um, they've got. Uh, other people that they're bringing in and it may just be for mini camps here and there but it's something and clay's been instrumental in putting that action in place raising money and then doing something with the money um so without further ado we'll get into the interview here uh thanks for everybody for listening and we'll be back next week with more cowboy wrestling content All right, three, two, one. Welcome to the Dynasty Defined podcast. Uh, today we've got a super special guest on, the president of the Cowboy RTC, Clay Hudson. Clay, what's going on? Uh, not much. How are you, Lee? Doing well. Doing well. Excited to have you on here. Excited to learn more about uh, your story and, and why uh, why did you become the president of the Cowboy RTC? Can you tell me a little bit about that process and, and your come up and why you're so passionate about it? Yeah, absolutely. So before I start, I would just thank you for everything you do. I mean, uh, you got two types of people. You got people that like complain, which that's a large part of people. And you got people that know we're not where we need to be, but want to help. And so you doing what you're doing is a huge help to the RTC and the program. And uh, you're a volunteer and I'm a volunteer. I like to say we're super fans. I told Coach was doing I said, I'm a super fan, Lee, super fan. Um, and so you're, you're trying to help. You don't want to be the problem. You want to be part of the problem solution. So th can't thank you enough. You do a lot about getting the message out and the word out and, um, you know, the good stuff. So we thank you for all that that you do. Um, how to come the president. So it's pretty interesting. So we listen, when John was at OSU in 92, uh, I believe it was 92. He, he started the RTC. Some people might've called it the white jacket club, uh, at that point, but he, he started. So it's been around since he came back and started coaching um, the, the thing of it was then back then, you know, so I have to remind this, you did do an RTC prior to it. Look, we've had tons of success on the Olympic stage. I think we've got out of all countries, we've got like fifth or sixth or something out of all countries, Oklahoma state. Right. So we have a rich tradition of putting, uh, 
Olympic cal, not just collegiate, but the thing going on in the Olympics, World Championships. I mean, uh, you know, at all countries, that's that's pretty amazing. So that's something important to John. I mean, he rattled off six in a row, so obviously that was near and dear to his heart. Um, and so that was something he started then. I would say that back in the late 2000s, it was called the Gator Club for a second. And there was um, a, a fellow by the name of Ravenac, and he helped out a tremendous amount um, from Louisiana. And so uh, somewhere along the way, I mean, he essentially was the president and helped uh, support it. They didn't advertise it, meaning you really have to. Because back then, you know, just think back as far as Coleman it was not great pay, but Coleman's getting paid a thousand bucks a month, um, which I don't know how you live, but you know, the pay, it was different, right? When we were rattling off four NCAA championships in a row, I mean, we had a really good, we had three or four people on the Olympic team. You had Cormier, you had Mako, uh, you had Jamil, you had Guerrero. Okay. So um, we had that going. And so, um, you know, somewhere along the way, it may become a bit complacent potentially, right? I mean, once you have success, like what Penn State does and people that have had success in any facet of their life, it gets harder the next time because you each time you win, it's hard to do because you stop doing what you did to get you there. Right. I mean, it's human nature and happens in my business, happens everywhere. And so um, and OSU is the best. I mean, it's the most story program in all sports. I mean, that in New York Yankees. And so, um, you know, so I think we relied a little bit on that. So we kind of let the club not do very good just to be fair and um it's a lot of work i mean people don't, don't it's easy to critique they don't see the stuff behind the scenes i mean you're having to raise money all the time I and mean, look we're 30 million dollar stadium we need our money we need but even prior to that i mean when that many years ago when they had to, john had to go raise all the money to endow the 10 scholarships and that's a lot of money and so you're you're constantly having to raise money it's and it's gotten more where it's your head coach really isn't a coach anymore it's like they're running a big business more so now than ever and so John is hands down the best collegiate wrestling coach in the world, the best developer development of kids. And, but it gotten where it was just a big burden. And so I'm a super fan. I wrestled. Yeah, I mean, I'm Arlo wasn't good enough to go to college. I mean, was all state things like that, but I, I became acquainted with, uh, I was, a, I graduated OSU at 07. I was friends with a lot of the wrestlers just because my background. And I grew up, my mom and dad were in the seventies at OSU like our heyday, they went to all wrestling. None of them had any background, but oh, it's always she wrestling, right? So they took us to everything. So I've always had a, um, I've always loved always she wrestling. So I was friends with Esposito's, Scott's and them. So they pulled me in and I, I saw there be a need for raising money. Um, uh, and so basically we went, I got tired of going to other people's golf tournaments. I went to Nils and Neil Ersman's, you know, Neil is, and he's doing a phenomenal job because he works his tail off, does a golf tournament, new university. No one knows. I mean, it's incredibly hard what he's doing. Raises 60,000. I go to OU's because Michael Eidner's from Marlowe. Not that I'm an OU fan, but I'm a wrestling supporter. So went to that. They made money. Go to UCO's. And so I called Derek. I said, Derek, hey, we got to, we need to, we got to, we got to do something here, man, because we can make money just on a golf tournament. So I said, well, you go talk to John. He said, yeah, I will. So John's like, hey, you can do it, but you won't make any money. I said, okay. So really how it started, we really never even had a board, but we got a group of passionate people together. Well, we didn't have a board, to be honest with you. We didn't know what we were doing. We knew we wanted to have a golf tournament. And then we thought, well, we also need to make it where it's charitable, where people get donations and so forth. So we ran we ran everything through Tulsa Community Foundation. 
Um, I went and got Willie Baker, a longtime OSU guy, uh, Howard Offlegger, longtime OSU guy, wrestled OSU, John Inselman, longtime OSU guy, Ed Gaios, um, and most recently Cheryl Wick, um, who is brilliant, and she does all the financial stuff, the paychecks, things of that nature, um, or submitted in Tulsa Community Fashion. They control all the money. And so we basically, at first, we just did a golf tournament, had huge success. I think we made 100 net of expense, 145000 the first year. So John's like, oh, my God. And he's incredibly thrilled. And at that point, he realized that we were going to put on a nice product, something that we needed. We need to raise money, raise awareness about wrestling, get people together, have a good time. And it filled those needs on all the stuff. And so he let us run with it. And he's, you know, he said at the last uh, fundraising meeting here in Oklahoma City, he said the best thing he ever did was step out of that, turn it over to us, because it take it takes a lot off of his plate. He's a great coach. Let's let him coach. And um, so we do that, and um, it's been great. And now we have committees. Now we got I have a golf club committee now meeting Thursday. So it's it's building out to this big thing because it is big business. And we're going to run it like one. I mean, there's discussion on some endowment money, things of that nature. So it's it's really um, we're moving fast, not as fast as the fans would like or I would like or even uh, John like, but we're moving fast. So long story short, that's yeah, probably cover more than you asked. But that's how I got involved is just acquaintances with really Esposito and Coleman Scott, to be honest with you. And then Chris Perry. I live with Chris as well after college. So, yeah. Well, so, I mean, first, I got to go back a little bit there and say, you know, $1,000 a month in Stillwater, Oklahoma in 2011 is pretty high on the hawk. I don't know. Yeah, it probably uh, was. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it probably was. Yeah. Um, These kids, are they don't have a job. Their job is to train. Right, right. Yeah. For sure. Um, but uh, uh, jokes aside, you know, in the coming up on three years that you've been in this role and and helping to build this thing out, there have been significant changes in the RTC and, and the Cowboy Wrestling Club. And uh, the resources are there to the point where you're getting results. Uh, last weekend at the U20 and U23 yeah. tournaments, you, we saw six finalists from Cowboy Wrestling Club that uh, were, were wrestling in the finals. Two guys made teams. Sure. So um, plus with Dayton, with Jakara Winchester, with other people, uh, throughout the world, it seems like we're making an impact in uh, the wrestling. What's your vision there moving forward? How do we capitalize on those six uh, finalists from this past weekend? And then uh, whatever happens this coming weekend with Jakara and then other international wrestlers, how, how do we continue to make a big impact on um, freestyle wrestling from OSU? Yeah, this is a good question. I mean, the bottom line is, is that you – you've got to create an environment for these people to uh, excel and succeed. And so that's getting them freestyle matches. I mean, people don't realize this, but I think Dayton may has wrestled eight freestyle matches. And since he got silver, well, that's just not enough. I mean, so he'll, he's going to be going to other countries and, and wrestling. I mean, the, you got Olympics next year. So he, he's got to have more time and we're paying for that. Right. I mean, uh, in theory, the, the, what you have in RTC, you've got these, guys available that have done well collegiately and they work out with your guys and that, and that's what they do. But it's at the same time, they need opportunities to go do these things. Noel Torres on the Mexico team, we just buy him a ticket. He's going and training these things like that. People don't realize, but it costs a lot of money. And those are not items that Oklahoma state get. It doesn't get paid through, through uh, Oklahoma state OSU wrestling that get paid through our club. And so being able to provide those opportunities. I mean, we've got 
uh, a Russian heavyweight coming in to train uh, from Belarus. I can't remember exact country. I can't remember all the countries. And then we've got uh, a guy by the name of Zellum, Zoe. People may be familiar with Zoe. Zellum, Zoe are French. Um, Zoe is an um, American citizen. Um, Zellum comes over every 90 days, comes back. But my point is being able to provide opportunity. You, they've got to be paid. They've got to have living. you got to buy them plane tickets. you got to buy them plane tickets and give them food. And so, you know, we're spending about three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars a year on salaries and travel. And so, um, we they probably were doing about one hundred fifty. And one hundred fifty, you just really don't have what you need to get it done. And so, you, you know, we need we need to be continue to raise more money. You know, Dayton's going to be done. We're going to retain him and keep him as part of the deal. So we've got to. A uh, top athlete, Jakar, we're going to retain her. So we have another top athlete. And then as you can t- see organically, if we aren't able to get people from other schools, which I think we will, but if not organically, we've got a lot of good people that we want to keep in Stillwater. Whereas before, uh, maybe they left, you know, Alex left, uh, you know, Coleman ends up leaving. And Coleman, they probably have both coaching jobs. So at some point they're done training. But, you know, if you can keep them three or four or five years or through an Olympic cycle, you know, that's what we want to do. And that, obviously continues our tradition of our story tradition of placing, putting people on teams, uh, winning Olympics, placing the Olympics, right. That we've gotten away from a bit. It gives us that opportunity, but not only that, it's, you know, it's good for recruiting. A lot of these kids aspire, uh, to not just be college, have success there, but to be, go beyond that. So we want to be able to let recruits and college kids know that at OSU, we value that and, that you can, it's a one-stop shop. You can come here, we can educate you, which is the most important thing. You can have success in collegiate and then you don't need to go to, you know, another college to be successful. We can do it here. We are the program, right? And so that is the vision. It's a little bit long-winded. And I couldn't say it. We could talk for days about all the stuff that people don't see, all the, all the stuff that goes on. That's a lot of work and we're all volunteers. None of us, no one on the board gets paid. Uh, no, we're just passionate OSU people and, and want to be able to help OSU and coach out. So that's where we're headed and we're heading there fast and we wouldn't be there. Like you, you know, you talk about like, um, you know, some of the young success, like D Lockett, right. They're Oklahoma wrestling's in some of the best shape. It's, it's been in a long time, right? Well, listen, Shane Roller has got a, uh, Tulsa has got a club and, Chain Roller was an All-American OSU, and he has a job, and he's taking time, and he's got a great club, and Eric Guerrero was helping there, right? We all know Eric Guerrero. you got Hardell Moore, and, I mean, it's a – like people say, well, you're doing a good job. Well, really, it's everyone, like everyone's chipping. And these are, these are um, people that – they're making Oklahoma better, so we've got those kids coming up that if they didn't have – like Coach So, Coach So that is – uh, the little kids still water wrestling, uh, uh, Cowboy Wrestling Club, right? I mean, they've got some. Look what look at Stillwater, right? So that wasn't happening. It's been going on a while, right? But you that takes time. You're developing them from a young age where they are. I mean, so we're good now, and they're going to continue to be good because you've got those people that are willing to give time rather than complain, which is what most people do, as you're well aware of. People like to complain and point fingers. These guys are putting in time, man. They don't get. They're not making money. And they're just passionate OSU people that want to help us get back to where we know we need to be. And so you have tons of people like that. And then on top of that, 
it's a support, right? I mean, people open their checkbooks. I mean, and it's what it takes. I mean, whether it be raising money for facility to NIL or to the club, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me uh, because we weren't, John wasn't actively probably saying we, we need a lot of money to do these things. And so people want to win. They know our tradition. And so we, like we, our golf term last year, I think netted 186 or 190, right close to that mm-hmm. housing. And so I, we think this year will be closer to 230, 240, just in a golf tournament, right? To put in perspective, that does more than the OSU basketball golf tournament. It does more than the coaches for cancer. The only golf tournament OSU does more is uh, the golf. Well, you know, for a reason, right? They've got Ricky Fowler and, you know, they got people making big, big bucks, right? So we're not going to make a million bucks like they do. But my point is, is that that's a lot of money. And and if people weren't willing to take time out of their day and want to see us to have success and that be important to them, um, well, we, we wouldn't be having this comeback that we're having. And um, and so it's pretty cool to see people always say, well, you're doing a great job. Well, listen, if people don't write checks, if I'm, I basically help organize if you don't have good coaches in place and you don't have the uh, good clubs in place and you don't have people, the board in place and you don't have all this stuff, none of it works. And we have all those things. I'm just help maybe, maybe organize probably a bit better word. And so we have a lot of incredibly really good stuff going on. And so it's just been fun for me to be part of, to be honest with you, it's cool for me to get to be around it. And so I want to do it. So let's talk about that a little bit. We've, you know, you, you've built a foundation over the past two years. And then this summer, you're really kind of peeling that, uh, or not peeling, but you're, you're digging a bit deeper into, um, hiring new coaches. Uh, several, several guys have come back. I don't know if we're ready to, to talk, talk about that yet, but I do know that there are what four new coaches that have come back, back into the room that they're, they're OSU guys, uh, uh, come back to train. Yeah, so all but one. So we got Eric Guerrero back. Uh, Eric is RTC, right? I think obviously he's going to help because I think that it's been good for the kids and he has a lot to offer. I mean, he's uh, he is a good coach and he's passionate about making – he knows what OSU wrestling is. I mean, he's three-time NCAA champ, his coach here. And so uh, he's been – We haven't helping. had a – not sorry to interrupt you, but we haven't had a national champion since he left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, A.J. Ferrari, but – Sure, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so he's back helping and he he's not full time. I mean, listen, this he's basically uh, he's not trying to be a hindrance. So it's not where he's doing it for next to nothing, which I'm not discussed. But that's because high character guy is. I mean, I mean, he's doing it not for uh, reasons to make money. He's got his own job. He's got a successful company. He's there to. He's no different than all these other people I'm talking about. He wants to help OSU wrestling. He's there helping. And so he'll he. You saw him in the corner um, and the best of, or in the, the tournament, Dayton wrestling, he's going to be in final X this weekend in Dayton's corner. He'll, he'll be traveling um, with them, helping try and get him on the Olympic team. And so we've got him back. Um, it's been really good. And I mean, he's, he's been a big help and, um, you know, help with plot. You saw a plot did a, a drag by him and that's <laughs> Eric did that all the time. I mean, that, yeah, he's seen plot do that. I hadn't. And so I think he adds value. And so that's pretty cool. And then, uh, a lot of value and we're fortunate to have him help out. Um, then we've got Dean Howell. Dean's back. He's recovering from a knee surgery, but he'll be back on the mat here pretty quick. He's already in Stillwater. Got a guy by the name of Gary Traub. So he'll be working out with our heavyweights. And Gary was at Ohio State, then was at Oregon State, then was at OU. 
now he's here. He's he's already there working out with our guys. Um, and then we got Dakota Gear. Um, obviously, people that's a little pressure on people's mind. Dakota was at uh, Clarion, wanted to get back home. And Dakota's at – I mean, they're all high-quality people, but it's good for the kids because they – you know, they're more mature, right? They're out of college. They're working out with their guys. Um, and, you know, they're different personalities. It's not the same people will get new look and stuff. And so they've got uh, our rooms got more depth than it's had in recent memory as far as, um, you know, if someone gets injured or goes down. But all that workout partners, you got Zoe, you've got we're bringing in uh, and they don't they don't stay here. You've got um just went blank. We're sitting in Mexico. Noel Torres works out with our guys every day. Likely will be on the Olympic team for Mexico. You've got uh, Zellum. Likely will be on the uh, France team on the Olympics next year. Come work out with our guys. And and if you listen to Plot's interviews, he he um, he talks about Zellum. Zellum's good man. I mean, he's helped him a, a bunch. And so, giving our kids that opportunity to work out with these guys, I mean. You get to work out two time in or what Dean was two time NCAA champ, yeah, three time All American. I mean, you know, having having those guys want to come back and be part of it is cool, right? And it's important to them. And maybe had left on different terms, different circumstances, but one thing that people always say about OSU wrestling is it's like a family, and that's a fact. I mean, uh, that's just the way it is. And so um, we got that's all new in in the club. If it weren't for the club, we couldn't do all those things. So. You know, we're working on some other names. It's a little bit harder to go and get someone from another school. Not say that we wouldn't. We've certainly tried and talked, and I think you'll see some of that coming up a little bit quick. But, you know, when you start to do that, then the schools where they're at start to rightfully so. I mean, they know we're coming. And, uh, you know, maybe bump them a little more pay or or uh, throw a stink a little bit. But, um, you know, I think you'll see pretty quick some people from uh, big names from other places, whether they come in and are here permanently but maybe not, but maybe they come in for a week or two and train with our guys, um, which is great. Give them a different look. And so that's, that's happening and, and that's happening quick. And so, um, like I said, I, it wouldn't be done. I mean, it's like people saw stuff went on behind the scenes and all the people that help. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, and it wouldn't be done without everyone. And and that's, what's cool is it is a family and um, you get, everyone helping just like what you're doing. And so we wouldn't be where we're at or heading in the direction we're heading without everyone chipping in and helping out. Well, that's a common theme in past interviews with, you mentioned Hardy Moore. We'll yeah. probably get him back on the podcast this summer yeah. and he'll say the same things about this being a family. Uh, family Coleman yeah. Scott, yeah. Uh, um, uh, Chris Pendleton, right? So Josh Kendi, John Morrison, and those guys are either head coach or assistant head sure. coach at high level clubs yeah. uh, in other parts of the country that are helping uh-huh. uh, put, you know, keep OSU fresh to upcoming high level recruits. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, um, and then, and then having that as, you know, Hey, bring your kids to, from your club to train at our club for a couple of weeks is yeah. things that we're probably working on. Right. Too. And, and when that Miss, but like our athletic director is phenomenal. Listen, I'm not saying that Mike Holder wasn't. I really does for my time, so I have no experience. So I'm not saying he wasn't phenomenal either. But I never worked with him. But I'm telling you, Chad Weiberg is phenomenal. I mean, like he is all in, man. He's very supportive of everything we're doing and loves it, and is part of it. I mean, and so is President Trump. So 
I mean, a lot of universities people take for granted, but don't have that support system that we do. And that is because of John W. Smith. And so um, of the legacies created and, and the relationships he's built. And so we have all the backing and support we need to be successful, but I need to throw, there, throw that out there because, you know, not every, in, not every college or institution has that um, relationship, the respect and that, Hey, we're going to help you get where you need to be. I know it's, you're not where you need to be and, but we're going to get you there. What do you need? And so um, I could speak to whatever you ask, but I mean, there's just a lot of really good stuff going on that's even outside of the RTC. Um, but the RTC, I mean, it's moving incredibly fast. And we have uh, just in two years, obviously, those names, bringing those guys back. And, uh, you know, they've got to have a place to live. they got to get paid. Um, you know, that's, that, like I said, if we didn't have people willing to help out, I mean, we got C-Star giving people places to live. We've got Wilson Chevrolet helping out with NIL deals. We've got, I mean, like I could sit here and Kaya, I mean, I get a little emotional about that. I mean, it's crazy. If you didn't have all these people helping, giving money or like, and then it's a family deal, we would, we would, uh, you know, we would not have the success we're fixing to have or rebuild from, uh, you know, a couple of years back. So, yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit too. NIL and the uh, shifting landscape of college athletics in general. Um, the the club plays a big role in that, and then uh, uh, the there's the partnerships with the collectives and the different sponsors that are out there that can kind of do things outside of the collective or yeah. just with it being a little wild westy. Um, yeah. How how are we managing that, or how are you managing that, and how do you uh, how do you see OSU wrestling staying competitive with, quite frankly, monies that are programs or athletic departments sure. that have a lot more money in Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, yeah. right? So good question. And, um, you know, it's something that is new. And to be fair, uh, yeah, I don't like it. I don't care for NIL. I'm just being honest with you. And I don't, you know, I know that John didn't, it's new and it's different, but he'll also tell you that, you know, you've got to adapt. And so, he is adapting and knows that, that we need to do it regardless if you like it or don't, it's here, it's not going away. Um, and so we need to be part of it. And so in just a short period of time we have, I mean, we did some NIL, but this year we we're doing much more. And so we're fortunate to work with David Downing, which is uh, the N or the post for purpose and I collective and then uh, Adam Maris and then Ed Ration. And so uh, they're phenomenal. I mean, they, they help us do uh, uh, raise money, but facilitate it. Uh, the they cut the NIL deals largely with our athletes. We have some outside like Wilson Chevrolet is phenomenal. Um, you know, we've got C-Star that, that helps with some some living things. We've even got, uh, you know, people helping with insurance needs and things of that nature. Um, but a bulk of it is run through Post of Purpose. And that's the way we want to do it. Not to say that if you've got a big company and you want to do it, we can get that done. They may want to directly go through there. But for most people, if you don't own a company, which most people don't, um, you know, it's best to give their folks the purpose because it's a donation. It's a write-off for you, right? If you own a business, you can write it off as advertising. And that was the true intent. And I think the biggest problem that I had or that John had or is, is that NIL on its true intent is not what it is today. T today, what it is, is that you're offering kids money from a collective. The true intent was, is that Lee, um, is a great athlete and Lee can come to clay my business and say, Hey, I believe that I can take your brand and grow it or get you customers. Right. 
that was the true intent. And with that, like if a kid's coming and doing that, but the reality is that's not what's happening. So basically it's, you know, it is the Wild West. They are doing things for it. You know, our guys are going to be doing camps and stuff, getting back to Oklahoma as volunteer work and they're getting paid through the collective, but they're being given back through that. They they'll be advertised for the collective and things of that nature. But um, our, our, uh, that's, that's where it's a bit different and a bit of the rub, but we've gotten over that and you can tell we've got, uh, uh, I think we can talk about it. We've got Troy Spradley wrestled for us, come, you know, wrestle several places. I think him and Tegan Jameson, they're like, you may call them Oklahoma, probably Texas, you know, they've been in other places, yeah. but they, that wouldn't make it possible without poach the purpose in our NIL and the people that have given to it. Like, listen, this doesn't work if people don't, support and this is big money i mean they're getting full scholarships it's not hey we're getting them trucks it's like we only have 10 scholarships you got 40 guys in the room i mean okay well post purpose has allowed us to do that um we've got uh who else oh um isaac uh came in from niu an all-american um we got and i don't i'm more on the rtc side so uh, we got another gentleman group, sixty-five, fifty-seven. You would know his name, but he was a NIA champ, right? Uh, any rate, you know w- those types of things don't happen without the collective, and so um, we're using it in a big way. It'll continue. We did talk to a number of other athletes we missed out on, so uh, I would say as our base gets good, which it is, we just put six guys in the finals more than any other college in U twenty, U twenty-three, and you got Dayton that um, is going to wrestle for True Third this weekend. You got seven people there, right? And that's so you we've got a good base right there. And so, you know, if you can add a couple, two, three people if need be, like Isaac's got one year, right? The best thing about Troy and Tegan is they got four. Uh we had um uh Sammy Alvarez as well. I forgot Sammy transferred in the year, will be eligible this year. Uh been been several places, right? But that that's all the collective and stuff. And so that's gonna continue to be a bigger part of OSU wrestling and uh, we're going to continue to throw more to throw more money into it because people are, understand that if you do want to be competitive, or like it or not, it's here. It's not leaving, and you got to be uh, competitive in it. And we're we are. And so as we start to have success, more the success that we're accustomed to, it'll get easier to get people out of the portal. I, mean, I don't think it's any yeah. secret that it, Penn State has may not have to offer as much money because you're going to win, right? Yeah, right. I mean, uh, or they got a great RTC. So you, if you aspire to be an Olympic, so I mean that's no secret. Everyone knows that. So are we there? No, but we're headed there. Head there quick because I mean that's the coolest thing is the people that want to see us there and want to get up and they help financially, and that's we wouldn't we couldn't do that without that help. Yeah. So so two more questions here with our our limited time left. But the the first one is uh, you know short. But uh, somebody has twenty dollars a month to to give to whatever they want. Uh, would you uh, encourage them to give all twenty to the club, all twenty to the NI, NIL collective, or half and half? Would you split it in half and say both? Yeah. So what I tell people, and at the recent fundraiser, Chad said this, Larry said this, Coach said this, is listen. There are a lot of people that don't like NIL. That's fair. I that's fair, but we have to do it. So. What I'd say is if you're not passionate about that and you want to help with OSU wrestling, there's two other ways. You could give it directly to OSU, you know, if you care about posse points. You know, some people do. Um, and that helps. It just we can't use it for all the RTC stuff. But if you don't like it now, I'll give it there. But if you want to help grow the RTC, which we need to, then you give the RTC. So I would I it's not the answer you wanted, but if it's 
we need help in all three of those. So whatever you're more passionate about, if you want the possible ones, go to OSU. If you want if NIL, I would tell you NIL is the most important thing. Hands down. It's more important yeah. than the facility. It's more important than the club. I mean, but not like it. So that mean we don't want your money. We need your money. You can go th- give those other ways. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And then uh, last thing here, um, moving forward, you know, h- how do you see, uh, Cowboy Wrestling Club just really establishing itself as the premier uh, place to wrestle in the country, and and uh, and and how far away are we from that? Yeah, so I think it's coming. Like it takes a big commitment. You know, people have forgotten this, but Penn State had a gentleman give him ten million dollars, eight to ten, right? So you know, we're doing a casino night and a fundraiser, and we have monthly giving. I mean, I wish I had all the people's name. We got. 40, 50 people given anywhere from 25 to I think hundred dollars, right. A month. And so, um, you know, Iowa, you know, they'll have $20,000 coming small dollar gifts. So that's something we want to work on to grow. But, um, in order for us to, to be real competitive, we need a big gift. I mean, we're making good money on the events we're doing and, and things like that, but we got to, you have to have an endowment. And so we don't have that. I would say that that's something that I would imagine would happen within a year. Um, there's certainly conversations about it, but in order for us to, look, I could get hit by a bus. And that's what we're trying to do, make this thing is if I'm not, if if the board is not here, someone gets dissatisfied or a new coach comes in or John says, ah, maybe mad, whatever it is, we need the thing to be, it's a business, it's big business. And so it, you know, we run like one. So making sure that that is in place, which we are, I mean, we like, we've got attorneys on the board. We've got uh, Cheryl Wick, which the accountant, I mean, we, uh, we've got Tostamine Foundation. We have all that in place. And so we're ready to do these things. Um, but we got to have a big gift and we're working on that. I'm not saying we won't be competitive as we are, um, but you've got to have a 2.5 million plus gift. And I, you know, listen, I think that that's happening or going to happen. I mean, there's some passionate people about the RTC and it's passion to John. So I think that it's going to happen. The conundrum is, is that we're raising 30 million for a room, which is coming along quite nicely. I mean, really nicely. Um, you got NIL and you've got the RTC. So, you know, there's not infinite money, right? So mm-hmm. you, you got to do all of them. But I would say that we will continue to grow. It's hard to put a number on it until you have a big, you know, a big gift. But I think it's coming. And so I would just say, uh, pay attention. Watch out as a fan. We're doing. We're going to be doing some private parties for club members. If you're giving uh, for after the duels, we've already booked out the NCAA wrestling tournament. People were part of it this year. That'll be every year. I mean, we're uh, so a couple of tailgates, a couple of things like that. We're going to do some other uh, events where it's not like you have to pay to be there. Right. We want, we don't want to alienate people. We need fans in the stands as well. So we're going to be doing more stuff like that and having more events. So um, uh, we do use some of the money for that, but most of it's donated or people are giving for those things. So, um, but you have to do those things in order to grow it. So it's hard to say where we'll be, but I would say if we continue this pace within two or three, four years, uh, people will be, our name was, you know, people saying OSU has what Penn State has. I'm you know, yeah. a new facility. Uh, we're competitive in IL. Our club is a long ways from where it needs to be, but it's headed there at a rapid pace. Yeah. So, as I say, one thing I'd say is I, I always know I'll leave someone out, but listen, our coaching, not just John, but like you got Perry, Esposito, um, Caldwell, now Gary, Gary Wayne. You got Chandler Rogers helping out. You got uh, Derek Fix. I mean, you 
listen, you got a lot of people that are helping out and doing a tremendous job. I mean, you, you don't just get these recruits, right? So you got the coaches are doing a good job. I'm not saying they weren't, but I mean, you know, you're competing. It's hard to get these kids. And so the people we've brought in, you just saw them. I mean, we wouldn't have got them if it weren't for their efforts. And so, like I said, it's a family deal. And yeah. if, if everyone were working together, it, we, we wouldn't be able to get back to where we know we need to be. So, well, and it sounds like for two of those kids, the family deal and the loyalty and the sure. things like that is really what resonated with them and what got them to, to commit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Look, uh, Christian Carroll and Braden Thompson are probably real Olympian deal. national yeah. champion guys. Oh, so, or um, an injury, yeah, yeah. So, um, look, you got Troy Spadley taking taking. You, I mean, listen, we got you all. Better be ready this year because you know good things are coming very fast. Absolutely, Clay. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, really appreciate. Uh, uh, everything that you do, of course, you know, uh, I, you're always on the hustle there uh, for Cowboy Wrestling. And uh, you manage that with a family and a full-time job. So um, really appreciate everything you do as well. And uh, thanks for taking some time out to to come on and, and chat with me here. So um, uh, anything you want to leave us with? No, just a big thank you to you for everything you do, because you're doing the same thing me. And then th- thankful for all the businesses and the fans and uh, the coaching staff, and I know leave people out, but I'm telling you, uh, I get to see under the hood, and if people did, you know, people wouldn't be so critical. I mean, there's an incredible amount of good stuff going on um, and a lot to be proud of because uh, things are moving fast. So be patient and thank you for all the gifts that people give and continue to give and that support. We, If we don't have that, we don't, we can't be competitive. And so um, thank you for that continued support. Yeah, Go for pros. sure. Go Pokes. <laughs>